Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The podcast is about to begin. Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Romero Jr., a.k.a. The Graveyard Grumbler. Let's gonna, we're, we're just going to jump right into it. Last, this is part two of episode 116 of the Whitechapel Murders. And when we left off last week, we left off where Aberlene thought the clothes had been burned by the murderer to provide light as the room was otherwise only dimly lit by a single candle. Kelly's murderer was thought to be savage, probably because the murderer had more time to commit his atrocities in a private room rather than in the street. And I, I spoke a little bit about that, but let's continue to the next part. Her state of undress and folded clothes have led to suggestions that she undressed herself before lying down on the bed, which would indicate that she was killed by someone she knew, by someone she believed to be a client, or when she was asleep or intoxicated. Again, this was back in the 1800s. So a lot of speculations, a lot of, a lot of detective work, so to, so to speak. I mean, we don't really know exactly how. We don't, know, we don't even know exactly who. We keep, I I keep reading over and over that it's a he, that it's a he, that it's a he. But what if it's a she? What if, what, now I'm just throwing this out there to kind of get your, your little, your little uh, antlers thinking what, which way, which which way is which way. But if, if it was a woman who decided, hey, I'm going to be very neat and very precise on what I'm going to do. I'm going to fold all her clothes because I don't want to mess while I, while I kill somebody. What if? But unfortunately, that's not how this goes. This is where I... Has anybody figured it out who the Whitechapel murderer is without even without looking it up? If you have, let me know. Email me, graveyardgrumbler at mail.com or graveyardgrumblerpodcast on Instagram. I'll put a snippet of the video later on today. But on Thursday, December 20th, 1888, a patrolling constable found the strangled body of 26-year-old prostitute Rose Milet in Clark's yard off Poplar High Street. Milet, born Catherine Millet and known as Drunken Lizzie Davis and Fair Alice Downey, had lodged at 18 George Street as had Emma Smith. See, well, now we're having a connection, but could you imagine walking around being, knows, being known as Drunken Lizzie? That, that, that's, that's kind of fucked up. I mean, there's a Beatles song called Dizzy Miss Lizzie. I don't know if that's a Beatles song, but I know they sang it. I, I, it might be a cover. One of the things is that if you notice the trend, that every single person that has been that has been taken out, every single person, every single woman that has been murdered has been given an out. Oh, she's a prostitute. Oh, she could she was referred to as drunken Lizzie. Oh, she was referred to as this. Oh, she was referred to as that. Again, that's what I mentioned earlier about serial killers that they go to to take out the 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 scum, the scourge of the earth. All they want to do is make sure that they're cleaning up their community and doing the best they can for humanity. And so they're going for the lowest level of people that they can. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but we both know that that's a bad, a bad thing. So we shouldn't even entertain the thought that they're doing justice for the world, that they're doing, quote unquote, God's work. I don't, I don't believe in that shit. I think there's just some, some serious mental illness going on and we need to catch it before stuff like this happens. But has anybody figured out who the Whitechapel murderer is? If so, let me know. Graveyardgrumbler at mail.com, graveyardgrumblerpodcast on Instagram. Now, on Thursday, December 20th, 1888, a patrolling constable found the strangled body of 26-year-old prostitute Rose Milet. Now, the thing is that if we, if we go back through the time and find out everything that was going on, we know that they didn't really find exactly the same MO, the damages weren't the same. And so let's go ahead and try to figure out what this is about. This uh, drunken Lizzie's at it again. She ran into something or she got herself into something that she couldn't get out of. And so it ended up her dead. Right, right. 
But we know that that's not the case. You don't just wind up dead just for being drunk and lizzy. That's just not how things work. Four doctors who examined Milet's body thought she had been murdered, but Robert Anderson thought she had accidentally hanged herself on the collar of her dress while in a drunken stupor. See, there we go again. It doesn't matter. if. See, oh my gosh, hold up, wait a minute, let's back this shit up for a second. Now, what if the doctors are the ones who are actually committing the murderers and the ones who are who are doing the autopsies are the ones covering up for each other, knowing that they were going out killing other people? What if, what if, Give me a goddamn badge. I just solved the entire deal. Put me on, coach. I'm ready to play. What, 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 I mean, think about it. It's not, it's not far-fetched. It's not something that you're like, oh, my gosh, grumbler, you are left field and right field, and you're not even playing the same game as we are. That cannot happen. But it says right here, four doctors who examined Milet's body thought she had been murdered. But Robert Anderson, which that name has come up once or twice in the previous episode, thought she had accidentally hanged herself on the collar of her dress while in a drunken stupor. That's a little fishy to me if you ask ask me. Think about it. You have four doctors saying that this person was murdered. Then you have one random-ass person saying, Crikey. I'm sorry, that's not even British. That's Australian. I apologize for that. I, I tried. I, I thought I felt it. I thought I felt the soul. I thought I felt. I, I, I thought I felt the spirit in me. I thought I felt the Winston Churchill coming out of me. And then I went ahead and went Steve Irwin, completely different continent, completely different country. My apologies. That was that. That, that he didn't. British don't say crikey. They say oi. She didn't kill herself, mate. I'm sorry. <laughs> She wasn't murdered, mate. She killed herself. She had one too many pints down at the pub and drunken Lizzie hung herself up literally and now she is dead, mate. Oi. I apologize if that offends anybody. Again, I just felt it. I've been watching, uh, was it Ted Lasso the last few days and I've noticed that they say oi a lot in that show. It's pretty cool. It's It's a great show, by the way. At Anderson's request, Dr. Bond examined Milet's body and he agreed with Anderson. Commissioner Monroe also suspected it was a suicide or natural death as there was no signs of a struggle. So, in a very few rare occasion, depending on the conscious level, there's a lot of times where the victim, if they know they are at their doom, sometimes, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's a very rare occasion. But they kind of just let go and let things happen because they know there's no point in struggling. So a lot of times, well, not a lot of times, some of the times they just accept their fate, so to speak. And if this gal was was drunk or she was highly intoxicated and she was not in her right mind, her right, her, she didn't have her, her full consciousness intact, well, then, yeah, there's not going to be a struggle. She's just going to take it as it comes because it's just what's going to happen. You don't, you don't have enough. You're not coherent enough to realize that you are being murdered. And on the very few rare occasions, there are victims who have met their doom and said, fuck, this is how I go. Handle it, homie. Just please make it quick. And it happens. Doesn't necessarily mean that they weren't murdered. Just because there wasn't a sign of a struggle does not mean that foul play wasn't involved. And then, I mean, another thing is, yeah, I get it. Everybody has a limit. And and I'm just going to take this time out. If you have... Any issues, uh, if you're depressed, you're having foul thoughts, please go speak to someone. I don't have the international help hotline. I need to get it. I need to put it right here on my desk. That way I can read it out depending on, on where I'm at. But I don't have an international hotline. 
Look up your your hotline in your in your in your area. It is better to talk to someone than not to speak to anyone at all. Trust me, I've been there. It it just feels good just to let to know that someone is taking is they is taking time out just to listen to you as you as you vent and and tell people what's going on. So please, if you're having thoughts, if you're feeling down, just give somebody a call, get some help. There's no shame in it. Trust me, no shame at all. Let's continue. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it was a suicide. It doesn't necessarily mean that it wasn't a suicide. But what? It, how is it a natural death? My question. How is it a natural death if this woman was hanged by her own by her own clothes? Allegedly, I don't think there's anything natural with being hanged and being strangled. Unless I'm wrong. I mean, I don't. I don't remember that being as a natural cause of death. Unless their their view of natural is not being done by someone else. Maybe that's what it is. But as far as I'm concerned. Being strangled, being hanged, or whatever it, the case may be, that's not a natural cause of death at all. There's, no, there's nothing natural about it. So that only means one thing, right? Right. It, can, it goes down to the Whitechapel murders, which I want to tell you who the Whitechapel murderer is, and I will hear it later on in this episode. But if you haven't figured it out yet, I'm pretty sure the people from England or from, the, from that area already know who it is. It's, really, it's a really infamous case that happened in time i mean this person is is revered as one of the greatest serial killers of all time so the coroner wayne baxter told the inquest jury that there is no evidence to show that death was the result of violence nevertheless the jury returned a verdict of willful murder against some person or persons unknown and the case was added to the white chapel file boom there it is roasted it was added to the white chapel file why was it added to that file it was added because there's another prostitute or a woman, just a woman in general, who was who lost their life, but they don't know how. Again, this was this was filed in as everything else. They didn't know how. Yeah, yeah I mean, some murders were a lot more gruesome than than this one was. They were a lot more violent. However, the the fact of the matter is, it's unsolved, and. Wayne Baxter, the coroner, told the inquest jury, saying, quote, there is no evidence to show that death was the result of violence, end quote. Nevertheless, the jury returned a verdict saying, quote, will for murder against some person or persons unknown. That means that, yeah, Wayne Baxter said, look, there wasn't no violence. There was nothing leading to her death saying that she was attacked or assaulted. So this was this. This is just null and void. Clear-cut, suicide, natural death. And the jury's like, hold up, wait a minute. Let me tell you, you're full of shit, bro. Or excuse me, you're full of shit, mate. There has to be some sort of connection. There has to be something that's involving the Whitechapel people, the Whitechapel murderer that's coming around and fucking people up left and right. There, there's a reason why women are, are dropping left and right. There, there's a reason, right? Right. So let's go ahead and file this as unknown and unsolved, and we're going to try to figure out what the fuck is going on. This was not a natural case, unless I misread that and I misunderstood that. If, if that's the case, let me know. Graveyardgrumbler at mail.com. Graveyardgrumbler podcast on Instagram. Alice McKenzie was possibly a prostitute and was murdered at about 1240 a.m. on Wednesday, July 17th, 1889 in Castle Alley, Whitechapel. Like most of the previous murders, her left carotid artery 
excuse me, her left carotid artery was severed from left to right and there was no, and there was wounds on her abdomen. So now we have another victim, Alice McKenzie. Alice McKenzie now falls into the same thing that everyone else had been murdered on. This is the same exact shit. We, she's followed in. She, she had her carotid artery. She had her neck cut from left to right. She has wounds on her abdomen. And she was left in the Whitechapel area. So the Whitechapel murder has struck again. But yet nobody can figure out who the fuck is doing this. Who is killing all of these prostitutes? And again, possibly a prostitute. We don't know. She may have just enjoyed playing the field, jumping from round and round, pogo sticking like crazy. We don't know. We weren't there. I'm sure your mother was. Ask your mom. Hey, mom, were you there in 1889 in Castle Alley, Whitechapel? And did you know Alice McKenzie? And I'm sure she will let you know. The 411 or the, info. I don't know what the four, what the information station number is in, in England. Or anywhere around the world for that matter. But here in America, it's 411. Well, it used to be. I don't know if it's still the same thing. <laughs> but, but, she, her carotid artery was, was severed from left to right. So now th- this is the same pattern as what's been going on. And it's another prostitute. And it's another person that's falling down like London Bridges. And we still can't figure out who it is. Who is killing these women? However, her, wound, her wounds were not as deep as in previous murders and a shorter blade was used. Commissioner Monroe and one of the pathologists examining the body, Bond, I think Jenna's name's Bond, believed this to be a Ripper murder. <laughs> Though another of the pathologists, Philip and Robert Anderson, disagreed, as did Inspector Aberline. So I forgot to do my edit there. As you know, I slipped up on that. So I'm, gonna go, I'm just going to go ahead and spill the beans. Because it's kind of hard to avoid certain words throughout this entire episode. So what, what this is, the Whitechapel murder, what they're pinning it on is Mr. Jack the Ripper himself. Mr. Jackie O. Jack O. Ripper is who they are suspecting is the Whitechapel murderer. And if you did not know that, well, ding-a-ling-ding, there you go. I gave you who it was. So now, all of these murders, regardless of what's going on, they are considering it to be Jack the Ripper. And they call him Jack the Ripper because of the gruesomeness in the violent way that he was dismembering, not dismembering, but disemboweling and, and, and fucking up his victims. So, Mr. Ripper, yeah, I, I know that I probably never, I probably said I would never do a, a, an article on this, but there was a, an Instagram user who reached out to me and asked me to do a, an episode on the Muffin Man, but I didn't have enough information on that. And so I couldn't, I, I couldn't really do that. And a shout out to, Instagram follower Thrifty, that's his handle on there, or that's their handle on there. I don't, I don't know, so I'm just going to say them. So uh, shout out Thrifty in this uh, on the Instagram handle who follows the podcast. I appreciate you. He's the, they are the ones who actually recommended that I uh, I do an episode on the Muffin Man, but I couldn't find enough information. And when I did find the information, it was all bogus information from the Un Encyclopedia, which really pissed me off because I did, yeah, I did, I wasted a whole time getting that inner that that information and it turned out to be false and I and I was pretty pretty bummed out so I, I kind of try to make it up for him so shout out thrifty on Instagram I appreciate you but let's get back to it so Jack the Ripper is the one who that they're accusing of this murderer that he is the the this person in suspect and a lot of times we know that if they have 
an idea who the person is, but that's the, that's just the thing right there. They don't know who the person is. They just know that they're calling them Jack the Ripper. They have no real concrete evidence if homeboy's name is really Jack. They don't know who Jack the Ripper is. They don't know who Jack the Ripper looks like. They have no idea. They just, they're just starting to give this name to whoever this serial killer is as Jack the Ripper. But now they're having doubts because now her wounds were not as deep as in previous murders and a shorter blade was used, which it doesn't matter. Again, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I know a lot of serial killers like to use the, the, this continuity of care, so to speak. They enjoy using the same blades, the same, the same utensils, the same moniker. They, they do everything to try to keep themselves identified and separated from everybody else. However, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to continue that. I mean, we, for all we know, he could have said, look, I'm not going to kill anybody else. And then he saw someone and all he had was a little blade and he, you know, he fucked them up. So examining the body, they believe it to be a ripper murder, though another of the pathologists, Phillips and Robert Anderson, disagreed, as did Inspector Aberlein. Now, one of the reasons, here's my theory. One of the reasons why they are all disagreeing is because they don't want to cause more panic than, than, they already, than, they are, than there already is. If they see that someone is, is fucking all these people up, left and right, and they have a name, they have someone who might, they have a suspect. You don't want your people going around the community trying to find whoever Jack the Ripper is and fucking them up, bringing them up to street justice. For all we know, Jack the Ripper could, could be in, involved in the mob and help him kill even more people. So why try to do something and cause panic, right? Right. I think that's one of the reasons why people just don't admit, excuse me, that the governments just don't admit that there's aliens roaming around our skies because they don't want to cause mass panic in anything. A woman's torso was found at 5.15 a.m. on Tuesday, September 10th, 1889, under a railway arch in, Pin in Pynchon Street, Whitechapel. Oh, there's another body. I, I, don't, I lost count on how many victims that, that there are now. Extensive bruising about the victim's back, hip, and arm indicated that she had been severely beaten shortly after her death, which had occurred approximately one day prior to the discovery of her torso. So, do we have... I mean, at this point, is Jack the Ripper just going around fucking people up left and right and just having no, just having no, no regard for anybody at all? Is He's just a loose cannon? Now, this is a, warm, a woman's torso, meaning that there are no arms or legs and the head has been decapitated and all there are is just a torso. The victim's abdomen was also extensively mutilated in a manner reminiscent of the Ripper, although her genitals had not been wounded. The dismembered sections of the body are believed to have been transported to the railway arch hidden under an old chemise, C-H-E-M-I-S-E. I don't know how to say that word. I'm going to look it up and I'm going to figure it out. So the, the, the Ripper, they're, they're accusing the Ripper of doing it. They're accusing the Ripper of saying, hey, look, man, this is, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. We're gonna, we got to solve this shit, and we have to figure it out now. And at the same time, the Ripper's like, uh-uh-uh, you didn't say the, the secret password. Uh-uh-uh, you can't catch me. I'm the gingerbread man. I didn't mean to correlate those two at all. Gin, the gingerbread man murder is not the same as Jack the Ripper. Let's, let's just clear that up. But the mutilated manner is reminiscent of Jack the Ripper. Again, Jack the Ripper from all the previous murders, the, the, the carotid artery slashing the throat, the, the gutting, the disembowelment, the genital removals, everything of those very gruesome incidences have some sort of reminiscence because of the violent way that the body had been uh, attacked, had been beaten. 
But now they're trying to say that it's not the same thing. But I, I have to say it is. The age of the victim was estimated at 30 to 40 years. Despite a search of the area, no other sections of her body were ever found, and neither the victim nor the culprit were ever identified. There are no culprits to identify. How can you identify someone without the technology to identify them? Unless you have a witness, unless you are standing right there, dead smack in their face holes, watching them do the murder, there is no way that you're going to be able to identify anybody. The victims, if the victim doesn't have their ID with them or any paperwork stating their name, you're not going to identify them. Especially if they're homeless and no one gives two shits about them, they're not going to be identified. But because of the, the way that the murder has been going on and the way that the serial killer has been, has been just creeping around and fucking people up left and right, I'm pretty sure that it's Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper allegedly lived down in, in the Whitechapel area. Although nobody knows exactly who Jack the Ripper is, they have speculations. But it's Jack the Ripper. But how many Jack the Rippers are there? Dun, dun, dun. That's the question for the ages. Were there only one Jack the Ripper? Was there a team of Jack the Rippers? Were there Jacks the Rippers? How many Jack the Rippers were there? Well, nobody knows. Let's continue. The last of the murders in the Whitechapel file was committed on Friday 13th, February 1891, when prostitute Frances Coles was murdered under a railway arch in Swallow Gardens, Whitechapel. Her body was found at 2.15 a.m., only moments after the attack, by P.C. Ernest Thompson, who later stated that he heard retreating footsteps in the distance. As contemporary police practices dictated, Thompson remained at the scene. Why not go after the footsteps, grab somebody who might be the person who fucked this lady up, arrest them, and do the investigation? And if they are innocent, then let them go. If they're guilty, burn them at the stake. Burn them at the stake with all the witches. Burn them all. But now, because of contemporary police practices, the cop stayed at the crime scene instead of going after what could potentially have been Jack the Ripper. I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand. Why not, you know, put your cape on dun, 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 and head out after the potential suspect and end this shit once and for all. But no, that's not how it goes. Coles was lying beneath a passageway under a railway arch between Chamber Street and Royal Mint Street. She was still alive, but died before medical help could arrive. Now, if you think about the, the, the status of medical help now compared to even, even in the early 2000s, even in the 1990s, this is the 1800s. What the hell were they going to do if they couldn't find... <laughs> I mean, number one, it, it, how long did it take to actually relay the message if they, if they even had radios back then? I mean, how many times did a pigeon get lost in the 1800s? I don't even know when the telephone was created. And that we have, you know, and then at 18, in the 1800s, you also had to wait until the ambulance on horse and carriage, I'm guessing, or on one of those, oh, those old ass cars go, and then they're finally there. Who knows how long that could take? An hour? Two hours? Nobody knows. Of course she's going to die. She's fucking bleeding out. She got every, the, the dog shit kicked out of her and beat. And she's waiting for medical attention in the 1800s. Of course, a lot of people are going to die. 
Minor wounds on the back of her head suggest that she was thrown violently to the ground before her throat was cut at least twice from left to right and then back again. <sighs> There's the MO. There's Jack the Ripper. That's what this individual did. And again, I don't know if it was a woman or if it's a man, but they're calling him Jack the Ripper. It, it's, it's crazy to believe that something like that Again, but it's the 1800s, so it makes sense why it was never discovered, why it was never solved. It makes sense. I get it. Okay, fine. But that was the last victim of that long-ass list of people. And I wasn't going to read it, but I realized, look, I owe my, my wonderful listeners more than one episode, more than a 20, 30-minute episode. So I decided to do an hour and a half, two hours possibly. We'll do probably a two-hour episode. But I had to break it up. It, it was the same type of deal. They were, the, the, the throat was cut from left to right. The victim was violently thrown on the ground, bashing her head from, the behind, from behind. And you're telling me that this isn't the same serial killer that has, been hap- that has been doing things this entire time. You're full of shit. It's the same person. Or again, it might be a team of Jacks the Rippers. So who's to blame? Who are we going to blame for all this debacle? Let's find out. The murderer or murderers were never identified and the cases remain unsolved. Sensational reportage and the mystery surrounding the identity of the killer or killers fed the development of the character Jack the Ripper, who was blamed for all or most of the murderers. This is a cold case file. This was never, this was never discovered. This was never revealed. This was never solved. So all of these women lost their lives and no justice was ever brought to them. Again, I get it. It's the 1800s. I understand. But no one truly knows if there was one Jack the Ripper or multiple Jack the Rippers. No one knew or understood what that might entail. So, of course, if you, if you, if you have monsters in the closet, you want to name them so you don't feel that afraid or you want to pin somebody to try to take the blame and try to figure out how to, how to end this shit. So let's create Jack the Ripper, which I did not know that, by the way. I didn't know that Jack the Ripper was just this, this title or, or what, what do they call it? Uh, the development of a, of a character. I didn't know that there wasn't a real solid one person named Jack the Ripper. I never knew that until I did this episode. I just assumed, I'm pretty sure like a lot of people, that Jack the Ripper was one identified person that kept getting away. You can't catch me, mate. Oi, I'm Jack the Ripper. I didn't know that it was a character development by the press, by law enforcement, and by surrounding people who just jumped on saying, look, this is Jack the Ripper for sure. Who's Jack the Ripper? Jack the Ripper is that motherfucker that jacks people and rips them up, fool. That's who Jack the Ripper is. Oh, what's Jack the Ripper's name? Bitch, I just said his name's Jack the Ripper. What do you mean, what's his name? I don't have time to answer all these goddamn questions. <laughs> but it sucks because, again, I, I grew up thinking that Jack the Ripper was one individual person. You know, like Ted Bundy or Richard Ramirez. I, I didn't, the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez. I didn't know that Jack the Ripper wasn't really a one single person. They never knew who Jack the Ripper was. The poor of the East End had long been ignored by affluent society, but the nature of the Whitechapel murderers and of the victims' impoverished lifestyles drew national attention to their living conditions. Well, that's one thing that that benefited was that, look, this part is really poor. We should do something about it because uh, this is not good for us. 
The murderers galvanized public opinion against the overcrowded, unsanitary slums of the East End and led to demands for reform. On September 24, 1888, George Bernard Shaw commented sarcastically on the media's sudden concern with social justice in a letter to the Star newspaper. George said, quote, whilst we conventional social Democrats were wasting our time on education, agitation, and organization, some independent genius has taken the matter in hand and by simply murdering and disemboweling women, <laughs> damn, <laughs> and by simply murdering and disemboweling women, converted the prop propriety press to an inept sort of communism. Damn, that fool really let him have it. The Metropolitan Police, City of London Police, and private organizations such as the Whitechapel Vigilance Committee were actively involved in the search for the perpetrator or perpetrators. Again, they never knew who Jack the Ripper actually was. They never knew who Jack the Ripper, if he was a lone man, if there was a lone woman, if there was multiple. No one knew who Jack the Ripper was, Jack the Ripper is, and why this individual or individuals decided that they were going to fuck all these people up. It's still, it's still not, not solved. It's a cold case from the 1800s. I'm pretty sure there's plenty of cold cases. Despite extensive inquiries and several arrests, the culprit or culprits evaded capture and the murders were never solved. The Whitechapel murders drew attention to the poor living conditions in the East End slums, which were subsequently improved. The enduring mystery of who committed the crimes has captured the public imagination to the present day. To the present day. That is, that, that, that's, that's crazy to me. I mean, maybe because I, we're spoiled and we have a little bit higher forensics team and technology than, than back in the 1800s, that's a given. But it, it blows my mind. It, it, it blows my mind that we, we just can't, it, it, it can't be solved. That's the crazy thing about it is that this whole thing has occurred and never has been solved and no one knows. So they create this boogeyman called Jack the Ripper, but nothing was ever solved. That, that's, that's crazy to me. It's crazy to me. It, oh man. And so on, on that, Quick note, I'm going to give a little, from the, the little information that I found regarding the Muffin Man, I, again, it, I, I do apologize for Thrifty, my Instagram follower, who requested that I did uh, that I do an episode on the Muffin Man. I just didn't have accurate information. It was all made up shit that, I mean, it was great shit that was made up. I could have went off of that, but I know consciously I'm, I can't, I, I can't re- Re, reread stuff that, that is just blatant lies. And they said, and I didn't read the end of it. And, and I apologize for agreeing to do the, agreeing to do the episode before looking into it. But this is what I found about the Muffin Man. So it says, do you know the Muffin Man? He was a serial killer who preyed on kids. And the catchy song was meant to warn children to stay away. There are many versions of this horrifying story. The Muffin Man, also known as the Drury Lane Dicer, was the first known serial killer in England. His name was Frederick Thomas Linwood, and he was born in 1563 and died in 1612. There are many accounts of Linwood's crimes, however, no surviving records. This is either one hell of a folklore story or one of one of history's most creepy mysteries. And so it goes on to say that in Victorian England, it was common for families to have fresh foods delivered to their homes. If, if you're in the U.S., imagine the milkman from the 1950s. Same deal. Every morning, Victorian families 
could expect to find a parcel of bread for the day's meals. A popular morning meal was muffins, but these were more like English muffin breads than like the sugary sweet American muffins. The muffin man would make his deliveries just like other bakers, but he would lure children away from their homes by playfully tying a string. Whoa, damn. By playfully tying a string to the muffin and pulling it away from the steps where the parcel lay. The kids, likely thinking this was a fun game, would chase the muffins, which led to the muffins man bakery where he would kill the children, but not before torturing them. The Muffin Man did not appreciate the fierce competition in surrounding neighborhoods, so he murdered seven other bakers, or so the tale goes. The life of a baker in Victorian England was not lucrative or pleasant. For starters, everyone wanted bread delivered. The middle class, would, would, the middle class could afford to have fresh foods delivered to their homes, and during various times of the year, bread deliveries would skyrocket. However, bakers did not have giant electric mixers, and most could not afford to hire staff. So bakers did all the work themselves, which meant that their daily shift would begin around 10 or 11 at night, leaving only time for sleep during the moments when the dough was rising. Working under strenuous circumstances commonly meant that the quality of bread was a crapshoot. For example, some bakers had double had a some of the bakers had to do double time to keep up with their orders and knead the dough with their feet. Ew. The muffin man seemed to have taken pleasure in taunting and torturing children before he killed them. According to Lore, he used wooden spoons to knock children out. However, experts have long cast doubt that a wooden spoon would be enough to render a person unconscious. Still, the stories persist. Between the years 1589 and 1598, Linwood murdered 15 children. His shop was a popular spot for kids to visit where they would run and cause havoc. What unsupervised kid wouldn't run around a bakery? Supposedly, Linwood wanted them to stay far away from his shop, so he devised a vicious plan. He lured children intentionally to a shop by pulling muffin on a string. Once inside, he would knock them out and kill them. Children came up with a catchy song rhyme to sing that supposedly was a way to warn other children to stay away from Lidwood's bakery and to be wary of those around them. It goes like this. Do you know the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man? The Muffin Man? Do you know the Muffin Man who lives in Drury Lane? No one knows if the story is true. It has been told and retold so many times that the story's true read to origins are forever lost. Now, just think about how insanely insane that would be if the Muffin Man literally lured children from their homes or from the streets with a fucking string on a muffin straight out to their into the bakers where a homeboy knocked them out, tortured them, and then murdered them. Can you imagine saying, hey, there is too much fierce competition. I'm going to fuck everybody up. Bottom line, that's it. That's all. Deal with it. That means, oh my gosh. It, it's crazy to me that no one knows exactly how inaccurate or accurate this story might be. And we all know the Muffin Man. The Muffin Man. We all know who the Muffin Man is, right? Right. But what people don't tell you is that a lot of times these nursery rhymes were derived from truthful events that occurred. London Bridge is falling down. I don't know how accurate that is, but Rose, uh, was it uh, Ring Around the Rosie? That's about the plague. Pocket full of posies. I did a podcast episode on it. So Thrifty from Instagram, one of my, my listeners, I appreciate you. And that's all the information I was able to find. I looked up about 300 websites, literally in the span from when I agreed to do that episode up until I told you that I didn't have enough information. And they all said that same exact thing. 
that short amount of information. And all I can tell you is that they don't know how accurate it is. It is, it is unsure if this Muffin Man truly existed or if it was just a folklore tale that just happened to spread like wildfire. No, nobody really knows. So unfortunately, I, I do apologize. I wasn't able to get the, the right episode for you, but hopefully you enjoyed the Jack the Ripper episode. Graveyard Grumbler's final thoughts. Let, let me wrap this shit up. It's, it's going to be uh, almost 40 minutes. So that's pretty good. I like that time. So Jack the Ripper, unfortunately, is, in my opinion, in, it's probably one of the worst crimes or one of the worst serial killer lures that are going around. And, and I like that word lure because I, I just read it and I like that word. But the reason why I like that word is because these events occurred. They're not saying that it didn't happen. We have documents. There was bodies. There were reports. Everything was true. However, they never found the suspect. They never found the person who did it. And in my opinion, when you don't find someone who committed such atrocities, such heinous crimes, and they're still walking around amongst everyone else, you know, pretending to be scared just like everybody else is, I think that is the more, like, badassery, thumbs up, you just nailed this shit that you can actually do. I mean, with Ted Bundy, with his, with his, uh, with his fucking ego and his bravado, and, you know, okay, that's cool. But when you kill X amount of people, I think, I don't even remember the exact number that, that, that Jack the Ripper murdered. And the fact that they don't know if it was one person or multiple people who mocked each other's killings and murders in order to be clumped and categorized as Jack the Ripper, this just makes it creepier. It, it freaks me out a little bit more. And it makes it seem like, God damn, what if that would occur now? But thankfully with technology, it's less likely to happen. However, it can still happen. Dun, dun, dun. I think Jack the Ripper goes down as one of the greatest serial killers because he was never found or they were never found. They don't know if it was a male or female. They have no idea who committed these atrocities, but yet they created this character out of fear. They created this character to try to, I guess, minimize what was going on. But all it did was cause more panic and, and put this, these individuals or individual in, in serial killer history. I never knew, like I mentioned earlier, that Jack the Ripper wasn't an identifiable real person. I, didn't, I had no clue that this was just the title that they gave the serial killer or killers back in the 1800s. I had no clue. And I'm glad I did this episode because now I educated myself. Hopefully I educated some of my listeners that thinking that Jack the Ripper was one person, but they're not. It's, they, it's, they don't know how many people it is. It could be one. It could be, it could be several. So that part alone, I know that in, in my previous episodes, I've, I've given like serial killer ratings and stuff. And based on this, I think on this serial killer rating, I'd have to give him eight out of 10 stars. Why Grumbler, why do you give him eight out of 10 stars? Because he was, they, they were never found. He or they were never found. He committed some of the most brutal murders ever. Or the, under, Jack the, under the Jack the Ripper title, several brutal murders were committed and no one was ever caught. No one was ever apprehended. Nobody was ever saying, look, you're doing the time because you did the crime, possibly. So based off of that, Jack the Ripper's, or Ripper, might go down as one of the greatest serial killers of all time. For the fact they were never caught, they don't even have an inkling on who this person or persons might be. No idea whatsoever on who the real people of Jack the Ripper are. And based off of that, 
Jesus Christ, that's insane. My final thoughts on the Muffin Man. If the Muffin Man was real, that is some creepy, demented shit that he murdered 15 children just because he didn't want them around the shop or just because he had some issues with them. And the fact that he didn't like the competition and said, I'm going to fuck everybody else up. I mean, look, that's great for business, but probably not great for your, your, your reputation. But hey, you do what you want to do. Again, Thrifty from Instagram, thank you for the recommendation. I do apologize that I was unable to, to, get, to get that, uh, that episode out. We, I just didn't have enough information for it. It was going to be like five minutes. And I, I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to do that. That's my intro and outro are longer than what information I, I just read. So again, thank you. But I, I am going to do the episode that you did recommend. I'm almost done with the research and that episode is going to be the shit. So I appreciate you recommending that new episode title. It's going to get done. Thrifty, thank you very much for everything. And as always, I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you so much for supporting me. Thank you so much for, for downloading the, the episode. I just saw my, my downloads. I'm just about at 100 episodes uh, and 100 downloads. That's, that means a lot to me since I took a long hiatus and I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you so much. It means the world to me. So again, I'm, I'm working on a, on a schedule that I can, I can release episodes quite frequently or on a regular basis. Same with the, with the Patreon. I have a schedule that I'm going to start living to. And I, I will be back to, to putting out episodes like I was in the past. So thank you very much for sticking by with me. And as always, good morning, good day, good night, goodbye. This is the end, this is the end, this is the end. Beautiful friend, 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 friend. Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. Grumbler.